Well, good afternoon, good old sports fans. Had to move the show, uh, as you know, uh, down to uh, the afternoon slot because we're having a baby. And so we went and uh, uh, got him checked out. Everything's going well with him. We're excited about it. So I uh, had to put the show to this afternoon. But still the same show, uh, same people, same full slot of uh, sports news today. Yep. Uh, it's the way you said that. We're having a baby. Yeah. <laughs> As you can tell, the excitement in his voice. Uh, but, baby boy, by the way. Yes, it's a baby boy. Riley's having a son. God a help son. us. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but no, um, yeah, man, we had to push the show back, but we're here now and we're, we're live. Uh, we're going to get it kicked off, man, with some NBA uh, news. I'm excited, man. To talk about... Well, yeah, you're excited because we're actually not going to bash the Lakers. Well, no, it's not just that. I'm actually excited because of uh, uh, Kyrie Irving. You know, we talked about yesterday, you know, him stepping up and being that Kyrie Irving that he was when he started. That guy. Yeah. And so he, man, he led the uh, Nets to another win against the uh, number three uh, 76ers. And, I mean, he just put on a show. It shows a lot of resilience uh, for him and that Nets team. Not just him, but the players. You know, to, to, to pick up where, you know, where KD's not there. And to continue on winning. And even though, you know, they did start off kind of shaky. Yeah. Uh, they kind of got it back together. And it seems that he'll be back in the next few. He should be back in the next uh, couple of weeks. Uh, and so that should even, that should uh, traject them even further than where they are right now. Uh, but I am excited, man. I, I'm happy for uh, Kyrie Irving. You know, he said that he's wanting to uh, sign an extension. He's kind of putting it out there that he wants to stay uh, there in Brooklyn. Kyrie? Yes. Uh, well, see, that's good. Um, but like I said, it, it took getting all the extra stuff out of the way and focusing on basketball. So you know? so this is, um, according to, per his agent, his agent said that she has reached out, or they have reached out to the Nets. We have had no significant conversations to date. The desire is to make Brooklyn home with the right type of extension, which means the ball is in the Nets' court to communicate now if their desire uh, is, in fact, the same. Well, I mean, that does depend on the Nets. Now, I hope they uh, take the time to view that and uh, make a decision rather quickly. Because if he desires to uh, stay there, then uh, you gotta get him while he wants to be there. Exactly. You while there isn't any kind of you know controversy and possible changing of mind and whatever. Um, I think if he stays, KD stays. You know, uh, you you, you yeah, continue you get the on. Sense that those two are married together. Yeah, uh, you continue on that duo, and that could be a dangerous duo. Now we're we're talking about uh, championship level. Um. Which I, I I'm not questioning Boston uh, at this point. I still think they're a great basketball team, but I do believe the team to really truly watch out for on, on the East uh, are the Nets because you know you hear about Boston, you hear a little bit about Milwaukee, and, you know, uh, and here and there about the Sixers, but really it's the Nets that are dominating. Uh, the, the charts dominating the, the headlines. Right up there under Boston. Yeah. And so uh, they're doing, they're playing at the the tier of a number two team under yeah. Boston. 
uh, it could be a threat to the number one position. But like I said, over on the East, it's it's pretty it's it's spread a spread apart pretty well. But either way, um, the Brooklyn Nets are I, I believe a threat to uh, the two teams that sit between them and Bo- uh, Boston. Now, now, the thing that kind of does surprise me with the Nets is that they put it out there yesterday that they are willing to trade Seth Curry uh, wow. and possibly trade him for some size in the paint, which was interesting to me because then, okay, you, you pair somebody up, whoever that would be, with Ben Simmons that would give you well, some size in the paint. Well, you, got, you got your shooters. Yeah. I mean. Well, you have another uh, uh, big man, uh, O'Neal, over there. You have him... And he's he's been you know um, a force to be reckoned with, especially in these close games to keep them in the league. He's been their guy, but I, I would not trade Steph, uh, not Steph, Seth Curry, because here's why: he's your sure shooter. Uh, he, he likens he likens in, in my eyes, uh, like da- uh, Danny Green, mm-hmm. you know. Um, he's a guy that you know you can count on. Now I'm not saying he's going to be a hundred percent, but I uh, he can give you eighty five to ninety percent, and he's going to you know you can count on him to make a shot. I would not trade. I think that'll be a bad move in order to go get somebody else that that's big in the paint. Um, you have him. It's all about how you run that offense. But I don't know what other other big guy you're going to go out there and get. I mean, you had Jared Allen at one point. Uh, Maybe a Brandon Ingram type. Uh, maybe you're looking at yeah, but I mean, but maybe there it, it it makes me wonder. You know, do the Brooklyn Nets think that Anthony Davis, who came back last night, may be available? Do you trade? Yeah, you know? but I, I get that. But then you you have that same guy in O'Neal. A Brandon Ingram or Anthony Davis is the same what you have in O'Neal. So I don't see what will be a point in bringing those two in or either either one of those in. I mean. O'Neal can do the same thing that Brandon uh, Brandon Egram and AD does. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. So, I mean, it, that was that's why it was kind of shocking that there were you know some inside reports that hey they're they are uh, making some phone calls and letting teams know that hey they're on the trade hey, block. Yeah, but hey, do this real quick mm-hmm. uh, while we're talking about big man. Look up where Javale McGee is now. I saw we talked about him yesterday. Yeah, I saw where. Uh, he was. He's with the Mavericks. He's with the Mavs. They showed him yesterday during the highlight clip. And so you know how we were talking about getting Luca some help. Yeah. Uh, they have it. But why didn't he play? I don't know. He suited up. Let's see, Javale McGee. He does play for the Mavericks. I. You have a, a two-time champion, championship player. He's hurt. He's hurt? Yeah, let's see here. Yeah, he's only played 7.9 minutes this season. That's why. Okay. But I'm about to say, you have, you have help. But if he's hurt, okay, I understand that. But... I was like, you have help. That's well, that makes us sound unprofessional like we didn't even know. Yeah, I, because okay, I... In our defense... We do a lot of research and things, but this was one of the guys that we were talking about yesterday that just kind of fell under the radar. Yeah. So I didn't know where he was. I honestly thought he was still uh, with the Suns. But, um, yeah. I mean, 
if he gets that's what I mean. It's another one. If he's healthy now, he may not play as long, but he can sure help your offense and your defense. I mean, you're talking about uh, oh, he's recovering from a left tibia fracture. Ah, uh, golly, what it? Yeah, man, basketball did that. Sure enough, but um, yeah, he's a he's a two time championship. Two or three time, actually. I think he won two with the Celtics. Not the Celtics. Uh, the Warriors. Mm-hmm. And then he won uh, one with the Lakers in 2020. But, I mean, he's, he helps your defense. Physical. Can shoot. Uh, in the paint and or on the three. I mean. So, I mean, that's a, that'll be a good asset to have. Yeah. But, um. I do, however, think that he is uh, nearing... Uh, retirement than he is anything else. So, uh, if they could get him back, maybe not this season, but they can keep him on for next season. I think that'll uh, that'll help them a lot. But and you still you, you're going to have to add a bigger name. I mean, you know, you're you, Javale McGee on the back end is not a yeah, but I mean he's, he's still, not the only answer. That, well, yeah, I won't like, say he's the only answer, but he's, he's a, a he's a, yeah answer. he's he's still a force. Um. Tim Hardaway is, is, I mean, that's still your number two guy, bar none, uh, behind Luca. But no, I just wanted to kind of to mention that quickly, real quick, because I'd seen it earlier and I was like, well, it's like what we've been then saying. Why, yeah, we we hadn't seen him yeah. play. But um, yeah, I just one of, to that was that one of those under the radar deals. Yeah, because I didn't even remember before, you know. It was because uh, I didn't even think he would have went to the. I thought I honestly thought he was still with the Suns. I didn't know he had went to the Mavs. It makes kind of makes sense now where he, you know. I, dang, that gummit. But um, yeah. Uh, speaking of uh, still kind of flying under the radar, but over the radar. Um, are the L.A. Lakers? I said this before the show is they they have those moments where they show flashes of greatness now. It's Greg Popovich and the Spurs. I mean, it's, they're not the best. Not the Spurs of old, by the way. Yeah. But they're still a team to be somewhat reckoned with. You know, you still got to take them. They play good defense. Uh, and they have... They they still can shoot. Um, but they gave they gave the Lakers a run. You know, a run. But Lakers, uh, they were resilient. And they forged on. And they got, you know, they got the win. But here's what I want to talk about is, you know, LeBron had a off first quarter. You mm-hmm. know, he off in, in shooting and, and, and passing, and he just had an off first quarter. He only scored 20 last time. Yeah. Uh, with Anthony Davis coming coming back, had 21. I, I, I think with LeBron, you know, <laughs> it's, it's, it's evident, if not by now that he cannot do it by himself. But I've seen, as I watched the game, I've seen those instances where he would, there would be times where he should have passed the ball. You know, mm-hmm. he likes to run the court and bogart his way up the middle. Yeah. Well, he wasn't able to do that as much last night against the, the Spurs. And so it was moments where I was like, oh, LeBron, that's a moment. If you can't get the ball, you can't shoot it. If you can't do that, you need to pass it out. Mm-hmm. You know, keep the play alive. Don't just throw a play away. Right. Um, But he was not, he was off. That first quarter, that first half, he was not, uh, he was not dominant. He was not, you know, 
what we've been seeing these last two nights. And I think with AD being back, you kind of get your rotation back. You kind of get that flow back. So Mm -hmm. LeBron doesn't have to be that guy that's constantly driving the paint. Then you're able to uh, match up with some guys. I think AD is that centerpiece because AD can run. Uh, AD can run with any rotation. Now, you have AD back. I want to see what they're going to do with uh, with LeBron. Will he play more or will he play less? Because last night, it, I kind of got the notion that he's going to play a little bit less. Because then you have Thomas Bryant. You still have him. Well, let's pause the conversation right there. There's a conversation of what should happen, and there's probably a conversation about what will happen. Yeah. And, and I think they're two separate conversations. Yeah. Because I don't think what should happen is going to happen. Now, ultimately, I think you trade him, cut him, whatever you got to do. But if you're going to keep him on the team, I think what should happen is he plays less minutes. I mean, he only scored 20 and you won the game. Yeah. You know, and that that's the point is that when he actually produces less, your team does better because then he finally you know comes to realization, tonight's not my night, I can't just jack up shots and then fall in. Yeah. You know, he realizes I've got to rely on the team, and in that instance it works out for you. Yeah. Then there's the conversation about what's going to happen, and the and the reality is that's still LeBron James. That's what the and I, and, and we talked about this yesterday. As long as they only view LeBron as a way to get People in the seats. There's going to be problems in Los Angeles. Yeah, and <laughs> I, I look at it now. You know, you wouldn't got you wouldn't got Rui, uh, uh, Rui Haru, Har, Hachi Hachimara. I think that's what it is. Hachimara. Yeah, Hachimara, uh, who had his debut game just last night. Who did very well coming off the uh, coming off the bench. And I want to talk about that for just a second. Because he did well last night, so it worked out. Yeah. But Dennis Schroeder was doing a podcast when that trade went down. Yeah. Dennis Schroeder found out, like the rest of the world, you know, with an alert from ESPN. And in the middle of his podcast, he, he asked the question, what the F are we doing? That shows me that there are people in that locker room that do not agree with the direction of the franchise. Now, will this work out? Possibly. You know, I'm not saying that it was a bad deal, but just the fact that you've got guys like Dennis Schroeder going, why? Like, what? what's the direction? That they don't even have a clue? Now, I'm not saying they're going to know every trade and all that, but I'm saying that he didn't understand the direction of the franchise and was kind of voicing well, his displeasure, yeah. that's not a good sign for your franchise. And it was it was random because I said this, uh, we talked about this before the show. It was random because, you know, you had Kendrick Nunn who was uh, coming off of three or four good games, you know, mm-hmm. who was starting to find his groove uh, with the offense. And so you had that and then boom, now he's traded. Okay, now I get Dennis, Dennis Schroeder's... Uh, I get his response to that because it's like, okay, why do you trade this guy? You know, what did he, you know, is it just a, you know, he was just a trade piece on the, you know, on the block, you know, that the only one, because you didn't want to get rid of a Russ or you didn't want to get, uh, rid of an AD. Yeah. AD. Well, now granted you can't do the summer yeah, because of the con, but I look at it at, at this as well as, you know, I, 
we talked about this also is that Rui uh, could have been a Laker sooner than mm-hmm. this year. Um, because they had, well, because my, you know, according to my brother, they had brought Kuzma in. Kuzma came in and took his position. Mm-hmm. So therefore, he was playing off. You know, he was off of the bench. They weren't using him as much anymore because uh, they had got Kuzma, mm-hmm. and so Lakers were able to, you know, steal that because that was their first round pick. Yeah, it, Ruiz was their was their first round pick um, in twenty twenty. So, yeah, no, not twenty twenty, twenty nineteen. Twenty nineteen, yeah, yeah. Um, but you you have that. And you have to look at it like this. Kendrick Nunn, yes. You know, he was starting to come into his own. But you have a younger, fresher talent guy. You know, big six eight, mm-hmm. uh, big body, good big frame, and can shoot with uh, in the paint. You know, he's, he's physical. And so you're able to move that around and say, okay, he can match up well with AD or he can... He'll fill that role perfectly when LeBron's not there. Once I believe once he gets going, uh, he'll be a key piece of that offense. I think, you know, with Dennis Schroeder's response, you know, it was the confusion. And there does seem to be a lot of uncertainty in that locker room as of where, you know, who's going to, who's up next. You know, who who may get traded next or, you know, because there's talks about Russ, there's talks about AD. The timing of it was what was interesting to me because you would assume that a Hachimari type of piece, he wasn't sought out by the rest of the league. I mean, yes, no. he's, a, he's a lottery draft pick. Yes, he was picked ninth overall. He's a talented kid by, you know, by all accounts and and all of that. But that wasn't a move that had to be made today. And it's not no, a move it, that's going to change the trajectory of your season. You're, that doesn't launch you into the top, you know, five teams – in the no, Western I mean, Conference. No. So it, it I where I understood Schroeder's frustration is why do this now? Like what's the point? Why why trade away the guy that we like, you know, by you know by other accounts he, he liked him as a well, teammate and all that I, and he fits. So why not wait and, and then let's assess our franchise as a whole because then you can have legitimate conversations about trading LeBron James. Then you can see, is AD happy here? Then you can see, does Westbrook want to stay? You know, then you can kind of calm down and assess the situation. Yeah. And it felt like it, it was a knee-jerk, hey, let's trade this guy. Is what it came across as. Yeah. Um, well, I, and that may be true. You look at the situation, uh, you know, from their eyes, and you do ask, okay, what was the point? Why so soon? Because that that, that trade did come out of nowhere. It shocked me. Uh, when I saw it, when it came up on my phone, um, but it's also one of those things is I think they done it to kind of reassure, you know, because Kendrick Nunn has some injury issues, and it was kind of like a reassurance type. Like, okay, we got someone that's young that can shoot, that's physical, dominant. It's kind of like so, so we can stay in a sure spot mm. because. Like I said, all you need is for AD to be healthy for another three or four months. You know, yeah. Healthy for another Finish three, three or four season. months. But you never know with him. You never know. So you go and get this guy who's, like I said, who has a big frame, 6'8", um, probably around the height of, of, of LeBron James, a little bit smaller, 
But you have him, and he's a shooter, you know. And that's that. You have that assurance. Now you have that staple kind of in, in, in the ground where with Kendrick Nunn, uh, it wasn't so. You know, you never know what kind of night if he was going to show up or, or whatever. But as I said before, he was starting to come into his own. But I think with Rui, you know, him getting, you know, he's fresh, uh, just getting started. He had a good game last night. I think there's a lot they can do with him um, throughout those rotations and coming off the bench. Or even maybe if he works his way into a starting a starting spot. You, you never know. And so with Rui, you have that possibility. And it's sort of like testing the reins and seeing. I don't think it'll it'll help much this season, but I do think for the next season it'll it'll work out uh for the Lakers boring what's gonna happen with LeBron James if he's staying or if he's traded or whatever, if you take a lesser role. I think it'll help the Lakers in that offense if they keep the majority of the players that they have now. Now, granted, they will draft players. That's a given. But if you keep the majority of the players that you have now, that chemistry is, is set. Yeah. You know, you're able to... Then you're able... Because like I said, Lakers don't have a bad roster. It's just the chemistry isn't there. But last night is what I say. You, I've seen glimpses of what they could be if they just had that chemistry. I think some players don't mesh well with other players on the court. Like I, I seen where you know LeBron and uh, Westbrook, they don't mesh well on the court together. Westbrook yeah. and AD, Westbrook and uh, uh, Schroeder, and uh, what's the other guy? Pat Pat Bev. They're they're good on the court together. Well, that's why I said that whole rotation was better when LeBron James was hurt because you yeah. didn't have to worry about how do we work. LeBron into it, and right now it feels like that's what yeah. you know. Darvin Ham is trying to do is figure out how how do I work LeBron into it. That shouldn't even be the question, but it felt like this move to trade you know Kendrick Nunn, bring in Hachimori. It it, it felt like we just need to get in that playing tournament, you know, and try and, and get a playoff spot. But that's not the Laker way, and no. that that was my thing is that. Since when did the Lakers settle for let's just get in yeah. instead of putting their for, because let, let's be honest let's say they get in that play in tournament they win they they win their way into the playoffs who are they beat in a five game series who are they beat in a seven game series yeah nobody like realistically they're not going to do that <laughs> they're not that team realistically is not going on the road and winning enough games on the road to win a series yeah. in the playoffs. And, and I, you know, with trying to fit LeBron James in there is a big part, but it's like I said, I think LeBron James could take a lesser role. Uh, you kind of work in Rui and and get him going. I think he'll be great for that offense. Yeah. I, I mean, because seeing glimpses and he, he has a spark to him, uh, and it's like he just missed playing because he wasn't playing that much over in, Mos- in Washington. And him getting back on the court. I'm probably glad to actually have a crowd. Yeah. And so you 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 see that that spark in him. Like he's back on the court. And he's mm-hmm. able to do some things for you uh, offensively, even de- defensively. And another guy that I think he'll match up perfectly with is Max Christie, the mm-hmm. rookie. Yeah. Um, I think those two will be a, a dominant force if they just, you know, keep with it. But it's like I said, you know, with AD, AD being back and those rotations being solid, I think that they have a chance. 
maybe not this season. I don't think it, it, it helps much this season. Uh, but next season, barring that they keep the majority of that, that roster, I do believe they have a chance to actually be a, to be back at the top again because they've shown they can beat uh, Sacramento Kings. They can beat Denver. They can beat uh, who, who else is, who's at the top right now in the West? It's Denver, right? Yeah, Denver. Yeah. You got Denver. You got Sacramento. You know, the the Mavs are kind of on the yeah. periphery of so, that conversation. So, you, they've shown that they can beat those kind of teams, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, they've shown that they can beat teams in the West. They've shown that they can beat, they could beat the Celtics, uh, Brooklyn, the, the uh, Philly. So, they've shown that they can beat the best teams in the conference. And that's all that I need to see. If, because, but because of that, they've also shown that there's some flaws and how they finish games. Mm-hmm. And so I think, you know, just getting some fresh legs there uh, on the roster and going from there. I think this the rest of this season and seeing how Rui uh, pans out. Oh, and Memphis. Yeah, Memphis. they beat Memphis. Yeah, yeah Memphis. Um, that was the other team I couldn't think of. Their, who it was yeah. off the top of my head. So, uh, he helped us out there. Your brother? Yeah, he's a... Uh, ah. Uh, we need to bring him in as a uh, a reminder guy, you know, kind of like a backroom guy. Yeah. You know? Well, but I mean, he he stays up on it more That's than I do, like, man. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, but you're on the show. We do this for a living. Yeah. This well, is our job. Well, we got to have him on the show. I mean, yeah, he we, has yeah, a lot we, more yeah. a lot more information than I do um, with the NBA all around. <laughs> Sorry, I'm gonna fire him. You need to take his job uh, all around. Uh, I got it from him. I learned from him. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, with fitting Rui into that rotation will be very good. And I'm I'm interested in seeing uh, um, the rest of the season how far Max Christie comes. Because he played some good defense last night. Yeah. Um, I'm glad that they're starting to work him more into the rotation now. And getting him, getting him some playing time. Um, but the question was asked, with AD back now, you know, obviously somebody's gonna lose some playing time and so it's like who's gonna be who's that gonna be uh it wasn't thomas bryant Mm -hmm. uh thomas bryant played a fair good amount of uh fair good amount of uh time on the court yeah i I really think it's gonna be lebron i and i'm not saying that because i'm like you know we 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 rack on lebron every every day but i'm saying that (laughs) like that's a staple of this show yeah if you're an anti-lebron guy you listen to our show (laughs) yeah but i'm not i'm not saying it because of that i'm saying it because i genuinely think it'll be lebron because like you said it's like you have to force him into rotation sometimes Mm -hmm. and you know and uh i kind of want to seal this up when you're about the lakers another thing that i saw earlier today you know russ uh was in a press conference after the game and uh, it was capturing that, you know, it was the first positive uh, post-game interview that he's had in a while. Mm-hmm. You know, they was telling him, like, Rush, you know, they was talking about his shot, you know, how did he do that? And he was, he genuinely looked surprised because he's gotten a lot of flack uh, in the last year or so about his game, you mm-hmm. know. And I was thinking to myself, I was like, you know, that's, I, I feel I feel kind of bad for Russ because we know the Russell Westbrook. We know how good he is. Yeah. But I feel like he hasn't gotten a lot of credit for his game these last five or six 
uh, games. He hasn't gotten a lot of credit. He's helped. He's been a pivotal point. Him and Dennis Schroeder have been a pivotal, pivotal in these last five or six games. Now, barring some losses as well, but they've been pivotal in their in their play, and just how they've run that court. You know how Dennis have run the point position. He's been great. Uh, Russ as well. And I think, you know, it's kind of going unnoticed because mm-hmm. he did play some key – he played key roles in some of their wins. And he, even in some of the games that they lost, you know, he was still, you know, keeping them in it. Right. And so I think, you know, Russell uh, Westbrook doesn't get the uh, credit that he deserves. Well, I think because we've relegated him as just the triple-double guy. Like, like that's yeah, kind of how you know yeah. uh, the past several seasons go. Seasons have gone for him. We've just kind of put him in that category as he's just the triple double guy. Yeah, but you got to respect his game. I mean, when he's when he's on, he's on. He's dangerous. You know, he he can slice you up uh, yeah. as well as Dennis Schroeder. So this is why I say the Lakers don't have a uh, they don't have a bad. Roster. They have a pretty. They have a pretty solid roster. It's just about building chemistry mm-hmm. uh, and getting them going. But you have to clear up that uncertainty in that locker room. <laughs> you, know, you can't make trades like that. Now, even though it may have worked out in your favor, yeah, you just can't do that. No, yeah. you're not going to be able to sustain that long term. And like I said, you're the Lakers, right? The Showtime Lakers. Yeah, you're, yeah, you're you're at not the top just of the game. Any, this is the Lakers that we're talking about, right? And, and, you know, for years they've been one of the top team, you know, a standard. They set the standard. They they drive the PR of the right, NBA. Right, right. You just can't afford this. It, I, you know, it, it's not good for them. It's not good for the fans. It's not good for the NBA. So at some point you got to settle in, figure something out, and they're going to keep being on this show for the rest of the season because they are the Lakers. It right. is LeBron James. It is Anthony Davis. It <laughs> is Russell Westbrook. Yeah. Better or worse, they're going to be on the show that's just the reality of the NBA, right? You know right. That, that that good, bad, or otherwise, uh, they they show up. So uh, we'll definitely be keeping an eye on that. Uh, in in the way of high school, I told you that news was coming. Tyler Lexi would get their guy. Yep, and they have uh, Bo Trahan is going to be the new uh, head football coach at Tyler Legacy. He's coming over from the University of Tulsa, where he was the co-passing game coordinator. Prior to that, he spent nine seasons at Baylor uh, as an assistant coach. He played for the University of Texas for a few years, so got a background, never been a head coach, never been a high school coach. But uh, bringing him out of Oklahoma, and in his press conference, he said, thanks for getting me out of Oklahoma. So who do you think is going to have a better season? Out of Tyler, Tyler High and Tyler Legacy. Tyler Legacy. You think so? If I had to guess right now. I, I, I'm guessing. I'm that, that, that hire at Tyler High just does not sit with me. Well, but you don't know but, much about that well, guy other than I, I, he played in the do. NFL. And, well, you do because he coached. He, I mean, yes, it wasn't Texas high school football, but, but he's coached at the high school level. And, yes, he's won one state championship in Oklahoma. That doesn't compare to down here, by the way. But then on top of that, his past two stops, he hasn't been able to win. Now, I understand he took over some bad programs last year. He went 506-6. But you look at, so Bigsby is the the standard in Oklahoma. Right. He played Bigsby twice. He lost 60-0 and 58-0. I don't care how bad you are. That doesn't bode well for you coming over here. Oh, no. Because they all talk about it in Oklahoma. Everybody talks about Bigsby. 
I've seen Bigsby on film. Carthage beats them by 40. Which tells me that the Gilmers of the world, the I mean, the, the uh, I almost said Pittsburgh, no. That's <laughs> a, that Pleasant Grove, uh, let's see here. You know, you just kind of go down the list. Long Some view. of those, te- uh, the well, clearly course, the yeah. Longview. Uh, but but I'm just th- talking about even your middle uh, 4A teams, Canton, uh, Van, uh, Van. Some of those could compete with Bixby. So you lost to them. That just doesn't bode well. There's just something about it. And and like I said, we're going to give him the benefit of the doubt because he hasn't coached uh, in Texas. He you know he took some bad jobs there to try and revive those schools. Whatever. It just didn't sit well. And it you get the feeling with Tyler Hyde that they didn't get their man. That they yeah. made some phone calls there, and couldn't get whoever they wanted yeah, to leave where they were at. There does seem to be, I, you know, even me, I feel some kind of unsettling that, you know, this is just they settled with this guy because nobody else, they didn't yeah. have a lot of candidates for that job. Yeah, there wasn't a bunch of applicants, and they made some phone calls. Now, names aren't going to be released because these guys might understand where they were at. But they made some phone calls, had some preliminary discussions with some established coaches, and were told thanks but no thanks. And when you're Tyler High, you know, with that history and those expectations, that just doesn't bode well, uh, not only for your school, but for going into this season. Right. You know, and then you you have to sell for a guy like that. So I, if I had to bet today, I'm saying that Tyler Legacy has a better, I think better so, season. Too. It was shocking, however, uh, bringing in, you know, he's bringing in the uh, offensive, offensive coordinator, coordinator from um, Rockwell Heath. Yeah. Uh, and we all know we've talked about it before. We haven't talked about it here recently, but the you know the uh, controversy that happened a few weeks ago there. Yep. Uh, so that kind of. By the way, whatever happened with that? Still under internal investigation. Okay. Uh, but so that's why it's so you know shocking to me is that that coach is a part of that coaching staff. You know, and you but know, they, then, come on down. You got yeah. to So does he get out of that? Oh yeah. Yeah. It, it sounds that so. You know, last deal on the on that situation, they're going after the head coach, right? Wrong or indifferent, that's yeah. who everybody wants. I don't, you know, there's a lot. I think there's a lot more to that situation. That's why I haven't brought it back up on the show. I wanna, I don't want to speak out of turn. Right, right, right. I just know over uh, the last about two weeks ago, it just blew up over. Social media, yeah, start and, and seeing it, a lot more. Yeah, and then it kind of calmed down. But I've kind of withheld judgment because if one thing's true, I'm coming down hard on one group. If the other thing's true, I'm coming down hard on them. And I don't want to unfairly come down hard right. on either party. Right. Makes sense. But rest assured, I will have some things to say whenever the information <laughs> gets out. Yeah. Because one way or the other, that's unacceptable. Yeah. You know, one, one way or the other. But as far as the just the hire today by Legacy, I thought it was a good move on their part. Uh, you know, the, I, I think you're going to see a little bit of a shift in Tyler, you know, at least for the next couple of years. Until they, until Tyler High, the, their side of it, figures it out. So, you know, they're under one ISD, but as far as the hiring goes, the hiring is done by the principals mm-hmm. and whatever committees that they put together at each school. It's not like the general super, you know, and on right. down, because the they're really rival high schools. So, I mean, there's this whole thing there 
that, that has to be taken into consideration as far as the hiring process. So the hiring process looks a little bit different. But for the first time ever, you got the feeling that the, the legacy job was more appealing. You know, because there, there seemed to be a little bit more of an idea. Now, granted, Kurt Trailer put that job on the map for a little bit because he got him back to the playoffs. Right. He did some things there. I, I honestly, you know, no matter what you think about Kurt or his abilities as a football coach, uh, granted, do I think overall he's a better football coach than his brother is, uh, as far as the X's and O's are concerned? Yeah, probably. But... Uh, there were some other things about him that kept him from getting other jobs. Having said that, I really believe that if Kurt Trailer had stayed there instead of going to UTSA with Jeff, I think that they're a perennial contender at this point. Now, maybe not for a state championship, but they're in the playoffs. I, I you know, because there was a drop off after he left, and yeah. and I, I, mean, I, I just really not- felt like if he would have stayed, so I. I think that there's still a sense that, hey, if he could do that, then I can do that. Yeah. I can go tap into that. Whereas people are looking at that Tyler High job and all the things that are going to come with it as far as having to change the overall culture of everything. We're not mm-hmm. just the football team, but the whole athletic department at this point. And just having to hit the reset button there, I think, is what make that made, makes and made that job a little bit less appealing than it would have been, you know, in years past. Do you, okay, so question. Um, do you think that students would now coming out of junior high uh, choose to go to Tyler Legacy over Tyler High at some point? Yes. If they have the better record. If they start winning. If they start winning, yes. Because I get the sense that, you know, Tyler High is kind of not popular anymore. It's not, it's not, the desired place to be. Okay, so they're in the same city, but here and, and owned by the same ISD, by the way. But here's the unique thing: Tyler Legacy has better facilities. Oh, really? Yes, I've been told that by somebody who interviewed for a job there. That when you yeah. tour the facilities, you're more impressed with Legacy. Hmm. Wow. So I I wouldn't I wouldn't guess that's more of a compensational thing, right? Uh, to compensate yeah. for you know being the lesser, so they split school. the tax bases. That's part of it too. And let's just be honest: every every large city, which Tyler's a sizable city. Now, if you're listening to this or watching this, and you're from the Dallas area, you're gonna laugh at me. But but for down here, Tyler's a sizable city. Yeah, Tyler gets uh, Tyler Legacy gets the better end of the tax bracket. Right. Right. I mean, that's just the reality. Okay. So I think if, you, if you're interviewing for those two jobs right now, as it stands, you're going to go where the money's at and where the, where the facilities are at, and you think, okay, if I can go in there and just make the playoffs, people are going to get behind me. And if I can ever get people behind me, then I can start making the case that you want to come here. You don't want to go there. You want to come here. Whereas with Tyler High... You're looking at that job going, okay, I, not only do I have to win football games, but I'm going to have to you know, increase the overall morale concerning the athletic program from top to bottom so that I can get boosters to get back behind me and kind of in, you know, do some things there. So yeah. I think that that's what makes that interesting. Yeah. I, I just get the sense that that's, that's going to happen. I, wouldn't, I would like to see Tyler Legacy, you know, 
in a good position to win. I think they have put it with this new hire uh, and the the staff that he's bringing on. I think they have put them, themselves in a position to be relevant again. Um, Tyler High, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. It's it's just some of the, one of those things that you have to wait and see uh, how how this coach pans out and this now. Is he going to have the same staff, or is he bringing his own staff? No, he's bringing his own staff. Okay, okay. So yeah, I think it's just going to have to. We just got to wait and see how it pans out. Maybe even over, uh, you know, when spring football gets here, we'll maybe start seeing some uh, or hearing some things. But I'm just that's one of those deals. I'm just going to wait and see. I don't get a good feeling about it. But now, I'm I, I mean, going as it like I said, as it hits me right now, I think that legacy's the better situation. Yeah, I agree. I do too. I do too. But I just want to see how good it's going to work out. The there at uh, Tyler High with this new coach. And and I don't bring up small school openings as much, but there is an opening. So Coach Larry Minner retired uh, as the athletic director, head football coach at Big Sandy. Mm-hmm. That job intrigues me. Who takes that job intrigues me. Only because I think yeah, I, well, I have a gut. <laughs> only because number one, well. Personal feelings aside, I have a gut feeling that I know some people that might would be interested in that job, and I'm I'm just interested to see if if they're gonna reach out or if they've been contacted. Hmm. If I'm Big Sandy, there's at least one phone call that I made the day that Larry Minner retired. Now I'm gonna tell you right now that he would turn that job down. But I would have at least called him. Someone who? I'm not gonna. I can't do that because this particular person's under contract. I'm, I mean, I'm not gonna. Oh, okay. Don't don't make me. No, burn I my was no because I was thinking. Uh, I was thinking Lovey Smith. <laughs> so so I saw in Smokey somebody said, "Well, I, I heard Lovey's looking for a job." <laughs> <laughs> There's no way. Like, yeah, but why no. not though? They don't have a team. Well, I mean, yeah, you could, you could, you might could get that thing turned around. You know, it, they're not that far removed from a playoff run. But I, the problem right now with Big Sandy is that I, you know things have just kind of gotten a little stale. I think under Coach Benner, he's been there long enough. I mean, yeah, that would be like the the move of all moves. Yeah, but I mean, he's not like he's not coming to Big Sandy. Like he's not taking that job. Okay, fun fact. What head football coach had their first job at Big Sandy? Take a guess. Tim Russell. No. Wait, where is he? Professional? No. There's a a well-known coach who's first. Jeff Trailer. Yes. And he got fired. (laughs) (laughs) He didn't last. They let him go. And look where he's at now. It didn't work out. It didn't work out. He's he's coach of the year in college football. Like what the hell? A lot of people don't don't know that. Started his career at. I forgot that. I forgot Jeff was over there. Now Tim's first head coaching job was Harmony. Prior to that, he had been an assistant uh, for Dennis Alexander. Oh yeah, that's okay. That's what I was thinking of. Oh man, yeah, Jeff Trailer. Has started yeah, big, big nasty as some big, people like to call it. Big Sandy, it, it didn't pan out over there. <laughs> didn't pan out. So he took him and his 
elsewhere elsewhere to Gilmer, Texas. Well, actually, no. He went back to Jacksonville and came. Well, okay. And did what he does at did at Gilmer. Yep. And then went on to college and never went back. Never but I, 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 I'm, like I said, I'm interested to see who gets that job. I have too. I think. I'm t- or, or who would even still be interested in that job at this point? Like, who looks at that and goes, that's a good job? All you gotta do is tell Lovey, Lifetime Supply Docs Hot Links. Part of your country. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Part of your country. Endless supply. Yeah. So, on the college, I, and actually, we didn't put this in the rundown, but I wanted to. So, there was a development on the Bethune, or however you pronounce that. Yeah, Bethune Cookman University situation with Ed Reed. Uh-huh. So, the interim president put this out yesterday. Uh, so there were protests by the students on campus yesterday. And this is what he said. He said, first, let me begin by saying that I am very proud of the manner in which our students handled themselves during yesterday's student gathering. It was orderly and represented the best intentions of students sharing their voices. Mm -hmm. While social media and media outlets have seized on not continuing negotiations with NFL Hall of Fame player Ed Reed, many of our students chose to use this moment to voice their concerns. The administration takes no issue with this. In the coming days, I will meet with student leaders to ensure that we address many of the students' concerns and answer their questions as honestly as possible. To close the chapter on Mr. Reed, he was a tremendous player. Still, as we continued to observe him, we felt that his behavior was not aligned with the traditions of our founder, Dr. Mary McLeod Bethune, and the university. We have over 50-plus inquiries concerning our head coaching position and are very excited about our candidate pool. Many of them possess not only knowledge of the game and the ability to assist in raising funds for the program. Um, uh, many of them possess, uh, okay, still, they are disciplined leaders. Now, this is what's interesting to me. Still, they are disciplined leaders who have demonstrated their steadfast commitment to our Christian values. They also have the leadership skills to mold successful young men who are also student-athletes. We've also added a football player representative to join the search committee, giving the football team a stake and a voice in choosing our next head football coach. We hope to announce our selection of a new head football coach in the next week to 10 days. Uh, Oh, wow. He said, next, issues and concerns. Over the last year, Bethune-Cookman University has begun a complete assessment of all its facilities for fitness, renovation, and teardown, as well as the construction of new facilities to enhance our campus. We've enlisted the assistance of a construction out of Orlando uh, and extensive HBCU campus experience. Our facilities partner and several environmental and architectural engineering firms to continue the assessments of over a hundred build uh, hundred buildings. Thought that was interesting. The 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 most the part that stood out to me. We want somebody who's disciplined, and who represents our values. And they felt that Ed Reed did not do any of those things. Yeah. Well, it's like I said yesterday as well. Is uh, well, first of all, let me say this. I I applaud them on giving their uh, student body room to express their, you know, thoughts about, you know, the situation or whatever. Um, and, and looking at ways, possible ways to, to hear them out and fit, handle it. But it's like I said yesterday, is that Ed Reed allowed his emotions to get the best of him. In that situation. And as a leader, you can't do that. We can't lead and be 
full of emotion and have our emotions dictate our every move our, our moves and that's what happened with him is you know he went on this emotional rant uh on video and yeah. posted it and without permission but yeah and, and without actually technically being fully under contract at that point yeah and he did that and it, it at first it was like you know okay like wow this is bad but hearing from the university side of it uh it's like okay now i see what they were you know why they didn't ratify his contract and it makes sense i mean you can't if you don't line up with values or what the the expectations of that job off off the bat then you can't you're not going to be there i mean it's as simple as that and Ed reed's not going to get another job not after that and until i <laughs> Unless he can, I mean, put his emotions in check and maybe go on to coach at some high school or something, but you can't, you can't do that. It's just like someone said he, he was talking like he was still in the huddle, you know, yeah. like he's talking, like you can't do that. You just can't. I mean, and you already have a university that have already stated their values, their uh, beliefs, and their expectations. You agreed to that, and then you went and went against. Every single one of them. Without even being... And, and the other side, he acted like he was already the head coach. He was in theory. Yeah. But he wasn't on paper. He wasn't even... Te- you know, he talked about his office. That wasn't even his office. Like, he, he wasn't technically the head football coach yet. He had not signed papers. But then I... I you know, and I voiced this the other day. But I want to I wanna voice it in a little bit different way and look, look at a different angle. I want to see... And nobody's done it yet. I hope somebody does. I want to see if anybody will take this situation and put pressure on Jackson State and Deion Sanders and Colorado about how all of that went down. Because here's my thing. You know, when when Deion left Jackson State to go to Colorado and some of these guys got on their shows, Bobani Jones was one of them, got on his show and said, how dare you? You know, don't don't talk to me about being one of us. Don't talk to me about the community. Don't talk to me about being there for the kids. This was about you. This was about publicity. This was about the next step. This was about money. So then Dion, in response to that, comes out and starts blasting Jackson State, saying, you know, they promised me this, and they didn't do that, and, you know, I had to spend this much of my own money, and I had to take this money, and, do, you know, all this. Jackson State... Now, given what Bethune-Cookman has done with Ed Reed, has an opportunity to say their piece. And honestly, my, my, my question is, why does Dion get a leash that Ed Reed didn't get? And I'm not even talking about being able to have a job, keep a job, any of that. I'm talking about from a media standpoint, a PR standpoint, Dion is getting a leash that mm-hmm. Ed Reed didn't, and has and, and Dion has done some of the exact same stuff. Now, granted, his rants have been a little bit different. His, you know, in in their presentation, but at the end of the day, he has said some of the exact same things, and seemingly been in the same situation because now Jackson State is saying, "Listen, we we're just like Bethune Cookman. We didn't have the money. Like we're we're doing the best we can." Yeah. Well, I, 
<laughs> put it like this in chef terms. A chef would tell you presentation is key to a dish. How you present a dish is how is how it's depicted, how well it is, uh, the, 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 the taste, the quality, and all that. How Dion presented these rants is what got the media off his back. Because he weren't he, he, he wasn't cursing, he wasn't in an uproar. He wasn't bashful. It's all about tone and presentation. Yeah. Ed Reed was Ed Reed, right? Yeah. I don't know why I feel like I'm saying that wrong, but Ed Reed was. He was in an uproar. He was bashful. He used very profanity, emotional, emotional profanity, and people picked up on that, and the media did too, because like what that made it look like was like, dang, is that bad? You know, he's like. It, that he's doing all this because he's he's renting, he's renting and rent, yeah. rent, and so that's why the media picked up on it because they wanted to know was it that bad. Dion didn't, though it may have been bad or whatever it was. Dion didn't do that. Dion was he was calm with it. He said his piece and he went on about it. Ed Reed didn't do that, and so that's why it looks like Dion gets uh, slack. You know. That's but why. Dion, uh, yeah, but Dion still does get slang. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, I get, I get I, that the presentation's different. I agree with you. He, I think he that does. That's what saves him. I, I don't know why he does. I can't even tell you why he gets slacked. I mean, that's just that's that's my part in it, is that yeah. he didn't we want to rate. But other than that, I don't know why he gets slacked. It's it's maybe because he's been on uh, television before. He's been in in the spotlight for the longest since he's retired. And people, they've just gotten used to it. Whereas Ed Reed just kind of popped back up. Right. Like, oh, yeah, he's still around. Right. He, you know. So, um, and he hasn't been in a coaching position before. True. So, um, I, I don't know why Dion gets slack. Like I said, maybe it's because he's been on TV. But, because to me, that just raises some severe questions. Yeah. I, and maybe Jackson State just wants to move on, you know, and, you know, Dion's moved on. They moved on. They've already announced the new their new head coach. They they've already settled in with that yeah, guy. They, they they're recruiting so, so on their own. So yeah, so it's like everybody's already moving on from that situation. So I don't expect anybody to press on that any anytime soon or ever really. Um, I, I I I don't think they will, but I think they should. And not even from the Jackson State side so much as the Colorado side. Well, yeah, because like, Colorado can't even... Uh, can't even what, pay him, number yeah. one. And number two, nobody's asked them, why did you hire... They haven't actually come out and said why they hired him. Yeah. Like, they, they haven't given a legitimate, hey, we talked to, you know, ten candidates and he had the best presentation. Yeah. He had the best... They didn't say that. They just said we hired him. <laughs> well, why? Like, what was it about him? Or, or was it just... I go back to it, you get the feeling with Deion Sanders that Deion Sanders is the one that, above everybody else, reaps the benefits of the NIL well, and I the think transfer. I, I, and here's my theory on that, is that it's the belief that Deion can bring in top recruited players with him. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that's what, and so far he has. Um, now, whether or not they're going to stay is a whole yeah, that's, conversation. That, yeah, that's, that's a different conversation. But... Colorado had just lost one of the top recruits uh, in um, somebody's son. He went. He went. Ended up going to USC uh, as a wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
Can't think about whose son was. It wasn't Marvin Harrison. It wasn't uh, because Marvin Harrison Jr. plays with Ohio State. Whose son was it? It was a top. It was top receiver. But as you look that up and get that name, yeah. But they had just lost him uh, to uh, USC. You know, another team in their in their conference. And so you look at that and say, okay, we've lost this top player. We got to start. We have to get somebody who can bring that with them and pot and keep them. Uh, Brendan Rice, Jerry Rice's son. Yeah, Jerry Rice's son uh, left Colorado and went to USC. You know, mm-hmm. and did great. Yep. You know, and so you you look at that and say, okay, we can't afford to do that or let that happen again. Yeah. Uh. And so you look at, you know, okay, Deion Sanders getting all these top recruit names. He got Travis Hunter, the number one recruit in the nation. Um, if we can get him, we can get Travis Hunter. And they did. That's the other thing. If Deion Sanders doesn't get Travis Hunter, he doesn't get oh, no. a Division One. And, and that's the thing. That's what that move alone put Deion Sanders on top of recruiting. That move alone it, but that's just that, one okay, player. But he's not a good recruiter. He's a good flashy guy. Yeah. I, I, I that, agree that's there. That's the other side of it. So, this was interesting. So, Jason Garrett was on the Dan Patrick show a few days ago. I don't know if you ever got to listen to that uh, interview. But Jason Garrett turned down the Stanford job early in the year. Uh-huh. Or, or you know, off-season. And Dan Patrick flat asked him, why? Like, what, what, what made you turn down the Stanford job? And his answer was, he said, college football isn't what it used to be. He said the process is completely different. It's not about winning football games. It's not about how you recruit. It's about how much money you have. And that stuck with me. That there are people... Bob Stoops has come out and said, I, he's a Hall of Fame college football coach. And he says, I couldn't coach. Because it's not about football. Deion Sanders isn't about football. Deion Sanders is about, just as LeBron's about his brand, Deion's about Deion's brand. So with, with Deion, it's not even that he's a great recruiter. It's just that he he's his own brand. And these guys go there thinking that that guarantees them well, I would, yeah. a spot in the NFL. Yeah, but just because uh, well, you played for Deion Sanders. I, I, I look at it like this as well. And I would like to know is how many of these these recruits now are about football or just building their own brand, because Travis Hunter has been, has built his own brand now, you know. Yeah, and we're gonna see more and more. Of yeah, and so that's a that's a question that should be asked is how many of these guys are now just looking to build their name, and how many actually want to play football? Yeah, how many really want to play football? You know, that's what these NIL deals have done. They've given them this avenue to be able to just build their name and their brand. Not just play football, and so it's just become a stage. Mm-hmm. You know, that's all it is. It's become a stage, and it's not to put them on a pedestal. That's not what we're doing, but they're putting themselves in the spotlight with these nil deals. Yeah, you know, you're putting yourself on these pedestals. You're putting yourself in this spotlight. Nobody. It, it now is. It's. It's not about somebody else doing it. Rather, they're going out and they're doing it themselves. Mm-hmm. And to to some aspect, that's a good thing because, but it all depends about it all de- depends on your motive, their motive behind it. You know, right. are you just trying to get known about your name and trying to build your own brand, or are you actually trying to be an athlete? You mm-hmm. know, 
Are you actually out here trying to hustle and to to be able to get to the top level? Or are you just out here trying to build your brand and make money and that's it? Right. Um, and be popular, be famous. Yeah. But but that's where I see this Ed Reed situation being so interesting is because it, it highlights that mentality of just trying to be famous, just trying to have it, you know, because it was like, well, if we hire Ed Reed, that's a NFL. And, and you've got all these students, you know, now that are trying to voice their displeasure with getting rid of him because, oh, he played in the NFL. Well, that doesn't give you a license to be whoever well, you want yeah, like you... and, and that's where I see the two situations yeah. being... So close. Yeah. It's like you said, you know, a couple of days ago, or matter of fact, yesterday, is that this probably halts that kind of thing. That P- I these sure PR, hope so. These PR move uh, hirings. I sure hope so. Um, I, I, it, I, it makes me, as a former football coach, it makes me want to vomit. That you have guys who work their tails off in this profession. Mm-hmm. Work their tails off. Don't ever get an interview at a little JUCO down here. And yet these guys who've never coached a day in their life get an interview because of their name. And nobody even knows if they can coach. Well, and that's the thing is you're 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 hiring these guys hiring these guys because they played a position in, yeah. in the NFL. Not because coach. they know how yeah. They played a position. Now they may be able to coach that position, but they don't mean they know how to coach a whole football team. Or have the X's and O's. Or? Yeah, they may they may end up at close, at best be maybe a defensive coordinator, maybe, but they don't know or offensive coordinator. But they ain't never coached a whole football team. They've yeah. never ran a whole program, and so that that's the thing is you're hiring nothing more than position coaches. Yeah, Ed Reed was a safety and make him foot, a head football coach. Yeah, he no was reason. a safety and you gave him a head football coach, but. That's just like it's happening right. Kellen Moore was the backup quarterback, and he got an offensive coordinator and is getting interviewed for a head coaching. Yeah, we're going to talk about that in a minute. Yeah, He's what, actually probably going to get a head coaching job. So what makes you think that these guys are able to coach a whole team? It's interesting Yeah, how, how they do it. It's, it's more about the name and the, the brand and all of that than it is yeah. you know, the X's and O's and winning football games. Now, talking about the NFL and Kellen Moore and all that, let's shift to the Dallas Cowboys. The Dallas Cowboys, they're a mess. Like, they, they, there's no answer to it right now. I mean, it's it's as if... I'm tired of talking the, about them, to be honest. I mean, <laughs> the, the, the gunshot wound has gone clear through the body. The the, the, the bleeding is profuse. You're there's trying no to save, bandage. Yeah. You're trying to put on the, the, the right face and do all of these things. I mean, it's just incredible to me. I've got a list of things here wrong with the Dallas Cowboys that we can talk about. Start off is that Dak- the list? Uh, well, this is a different list. Oh, okay. Let's, no, man. This is another list. <laughs> Start off with Dak Prescott. Okay, Dak Prescott's contract does not lend itself to being able to cut him. That would be $26 million in dead cap space. Mm-hmm. Just dead money. Can't cut him. Where would you trade him if you were trying to trade him? Now, Jerry is loyal to a fault to this man. But he, we talked about it after the game. I'm going to touch on it again. He is absolutely atrocious in the playoffs. Atrocious. Uh, he is I, I not a championship quarterback. Jerry Dude. Jones gave Dak Prescott a... Pity sy- contract. Yeah, a sympathy. You just got hurt. Here you go. This will kind of bandage yes. the wound. But... I, okay, but, but here's an interesting thing right here. Because we've talked about Dak. We've talked about Dak. Dak, now, don't get me wrong. Dak is not the quarterback you want if you're under pressure. Because, no, he, he he's not going to do 
the right thing. He can't see the sky's coverage. No, he'll throw it and and intercept it. He refuses won't, to use his legs. Yeah. <laughs> when that's or just strength. take a sack. Or just take a sack. Just stand there and take <laughs> a sack. Um, but I saw something else yesterday that was uh, interesting. It's former head uh, coach of the Dallas Cowboys, Bill Parcells, said uh, when asked about the Cowboys, he said, uh, sort of in the defense of, of of Dak, he said it's not the quarterback position, rather the offensive coordinator position. Uh, uh, Kellen Moore. He says, you have to get the ball out of Dak's hands. You have to build on the run game. And this is what I've been saying the last couple of days about this after the game is that Kellen Moore, when everybody and their mama could tell you, even people who aren't Dallas Cowboy fans, even people who don't watch the Dallas Cowboys uh, or whatever you do, would say they have a good running game. They need to stick to the run. They need to build off the run. And it's like... Kellen Moore looks at that and say, "Well, he, they're, you know, they're right. You know, we do have a good run. Let's they, go they, throw they, the ball yeah. ninety times. Yeah, we should throw the ball. Yeah. No, Kellen, you run. And I understand, you know, you, you know, ignore the critics sometimes. But sometimes these critics are. It's not uh, to criticize you in a bad way, but it's it's because it's an obvious thing and it's a healthy criticism. It's constructive." And it's like Kellen Moore, I don't know if he sees it or how he game plans or what the other coaches may tell him, but it's like he does the exact opposite of what's necessary or what's obvious. And so that's the issue with the Dallas Cowboys. I think that's what makes it look make that look bad is because you get you have the ball in his hands when it shouldn't be in his hands. You know? And you take it out of the, the running backs. And, now, and I, you know, Bill Parcells is one of my favorite football coaches. I think he's a great football mind. Obviously a Hall of Fame football coach. All those things. Don't get me wrong. And I understand what he's saying. I, and we're going to talk about Kellen Moore here in a minute. My, you know, that's part of the problem. But it, it wouldn't matter if, you know, who was the, the offensive coordinator, who the head coach, he, he can't handle it. He cannot handle being the guy. Uh, if the if the team rests on his shoulders, if the season's on his shoulders, if the game's on his shoulders, he can't handle it. Well, yeah, and we're okay. So it's like I said as well the other day is, you know, you have the regular season, then you have the playoff season. Those are two different seasons in yeah. one season. It's because in regular season where you got the next week, you may yeah. lose the game, you got the next week, and then you get the playoffs. It's zero and zero. Yeah, zero and zero. You're you're starting over. Dak Prescott. And playoffs is not reliable. Yeah, he may be for the first game, you know, whatever. And that's maybe. the thing. Yeah, maybe against a very atrocious defense. Yeah, that's the only way he it makes him look good. But against a good defense, he's not good. Uh, that's his downfall. Is that he's not good against a good defense? And uh, well, and I want to just say that against pressure. He's not the guy that you want the ball the the, the ball to be in his hands under pressure. He, he he's just not. Um and it's not that he's you know, he's proven it. Time and time, time yeah, time and time again. It's, it's, it's the not same a small sample size. Yeah. This is this has been since he started with the you know, with Dallas. Uh, Brock Purdy has won more playoff games than Dak Prescott and Tony Romo. Or as many, I think is what I read. It's either as many or more. You know. Wait, as how many. long has Brock Purdy been in there? He's a rookie, right? Yeah, he's a rookie. How's he won more? 
Because he's won two. He's won one. No, yeah, no, no he's won two. He's won two. Well, he's just won two. They both won two. Everybody's won two. But if he wins against the Eagles, then yeah, he's won both of them. Yeah. As a rookie, in their whole as far as their whole career is concerned, that is, now that's bad. That's bad. Uh, it's not good. Like it, it's not it's good. Not a small. That, that's my point with Dak. It's not a small sample size. This isn't a overreaction. You know, we we tend to overreact. Like you know, everybody's on you know the Brock Purdy bandwagon. Now they're kind of uh, about it. I don't know. We'll see how he does this weekend. We do that with um, Patrick Mahomes at times. People wanted to do it with Justin Herbert over in L.A. with the Chargers. You know, we, we, we tend to overreact to these quarterbacks and, and hop off the bandwagon too soon. But in the case of Dak Prescott, all of this is legitimate. Like, he's proven time and time again, I'm not that guy. Like, I can't handle it. I'm not that guy. I'm not going to be that guy. It doesn't matter what system you put me in, how you try to develop me, just not going to happen. Now, on the other side, you've got the the running back situation now. Ezekiel Elliott is probably going to be cut. Like, that saves you $10 million in free money. Then you're that, that allows you to franchise tag Tony Pollard, who had uh, surgery. It was a, what they call a tightrope surgery, where they used it to tie some things together to, to uh, fix not only the ankle situation, but the, the broken leg, which will heal over time. Uh, on its own, but you, you you look at that and you go, okay, he's probably going to test the market because this isn't the best moment for him. Take that franchise tag and see what they want to do, but it would free them up for not only this season, but possibly at the end of next if you do have to go into another negotiation period with Tony Pollard, which raises the question. Now, Mel Kiper's, uh projection right now is that they are going to draft B. John Robinson. I think that's a great move. But you're going to have to either draft him or go get another running back because, yes, you have some options in the backfield as your second running back, but I think you want to shore that position up a little bit more if you let Zeke walk. you, you got to do something. I, I don't agree with the Zeke Elliott. I don't think Zeke should be the first. I understand now you can't get rid of Dak, which is stupid because he's the main one that needs to be gone. And so it's you know I understand Zeke is at the end of his you know rope there, uh well it, probably in the NFL you know yeah you get the Sat- sense that the Cowboys move on from him there's not gonna be many phone calls right and so he I, I say why not use him he's a great blocker I say move him to the fullback position he's a great blocker let him block and get a few a couple of yards and finish his career out that way. Other than just cutting them, but to get Bijan Robinson, I don't think Bijan Robinson will fall to the Cowboys at, at this point. They sit at the twenty-six pick. I don't think Bijan Robinson will fall that low, um, unless they unless they trade up and get him. But well, he's got him falling that low right now. I, I don't. Up. He's the top running back in the draft. I don't see him falling. Well, but that you've low. got all those quarterbacks. See, I think that's what saves them. Because at least three of the first five picks are probably going to be quarterbacks. Okay, but uh, that's fine. But how many teams need a quarterback? More teams need running backs than quarterbacks. I've got a whole list of teams right now that need a quarterback. How many? There's over 12. Okay, but... Almost half the league needs a quarterback. Okay, that's fine, but... In some form or fashion. Now, not all of them... Oh, actually, uh, more now because I forgot. Now, not all of them are going to draft. Exactly. I mean, it, there's a lot. I, I don't know. I, I could see him possibly falling. If I, not, maybe if you're Dallas, okay. Here's the other thing. If you're Dallas 
and you're going to let Zeke walk. You look to those running backs. You know, there's nobody out there on the free agent market that you necessarily want. There's nobody you're going to trade for. Yes, but trade guess, up to go get. But the do pick. you think? Okay, but there is going to be somebody out there on the trade market. Uh, Saquon Barkley. If the Giants move on from him, that's that. But be that's a, but that's more. But that's more. Okay. Of, but here's the other thing with Saquon. He's going to be on that second contract, and then you're going to be in the same boat that you were in with Zeke. Do you really want to bring in a? Uh, running back. My my, my fear is, and uh, whoever Dallas gets as a off as an offensive coordinator, if Kellen Moore does, you know, end up getting a head coaching job, my fear is that they'll do Bijan Robinson the same way they did Zeke, and that's not good for business because then you run into the same situations. Yeah, that after that first contract, yeah, he, he and, and that's not what we need. And so I don't think Cowboys a running back should be their first pick. I think a receiver. Or you, or you work on your offensive line. But if and defense. I'm a top receiver in college football right now, I'm not going to the Cowboys. I don't want to play with Dak Prescott because you. Okay, well then, that get okay, that's fine. But then you go defense. You need a, you need a safety. You need cornerback. Well, okay, but that's also going to be determined by who's your defensive coordinator because it I, there's more and more yeah. that says. But Dan this Quinn's is why gone. this is why we say Dallas is in a mess. They're in a hole. They let it, go of all their assistants except for Dan Quinn and and, and Moore. and that's only because they're they're interviewing for jobs right now. But but why blame the other assistants? That's the other thing that I'd written down with it. What I mean, what did they do? It's not. I mean, you know, you fired both your line coaches. You fired your secondary. What did they do? Like it wasn't their units. It's one unit, and it's the offensive unit, and it's not even the stinking offensive line. It rests with Kellen Moore. Period. That defense played their tails off, and yet you're going to blame everybody else. You're going to let Mike McCarthy keep his job. Seemingly, you're going to let Kellen Moore keep his job if he decides to say, really? Are you kidding me? Yeah. At what point is Jerry but, Jones going to make these guys there you take go. That's, that's, that's the main, and I've said this before, Jerry Jones is the common denominator in all of this. He's not going to. This is the downfall of the Dallas Cowboys, is that, Jerry Jones is not going to do that. I don't care who you get in there. Even if they would have got Sean Payton in there. The moment something went wrong, Jerry's hands are back in the pot. Jerry Jones can say all, all day, well, I want Sean Payton. I'll let him do what he wants to do. No, he's not. Jerry Jones knows, and this is for a fact, it doesn't matter who's in there. If things are seemingly going wrong in Jerry's eyes, he's going to step back in and want to take over. Well, it's just that it goes back to, you know, first playoff game and Mike McCarthy gets up on the podium. We believe in Brett Maher. He's our guy. The very next morning on his radio show, Jerry, we're, we're, we're assessing the kicker. We're looking you, at the kicker. Then right before the playoff game, you undercut the way, him. he goes down on the field and talks to this man. Yeah. And now it's all that you undercut him and you go and sign another kicker yeah. that you don't even use. And, and but so, you didn't even add to the active roster prior to the game. Exactly. So you did all this for what, Jerry? Like, uh, and so that's what I'm saying. It, the Cowboys is going to continue to be the same thing. Fans, we might as well get ready to 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 to, to buckle up and be ready for it. The, well, it's going to be the same no, thing. There's until, no path forward for the Cowboys. No. Right now. There's no. There's no path. You look at that division, and we said this earlier in the week. You look at that division. That division's getting better. It's it's gonna continue to get better. You you assume the Eagles are gonna be back. You assume that Brian Dabble is gonna do what he's got to do to make the the Giants better. Mm-hmm. 
looks like even Washington, for all of their issues, may get better. You know, maybe some fresh money coming in. If Jeff Bezos does wind up acquiring them, that that could be an interesting thing. Uh, so you look at that division. That division's getting better. The conference as a whole is going to be pretty good. Where do the Cowboys fit in? You know, it, it, it doesn't bode well. This was your shot. Yeah. Like you had a shot this but season. This is, but this is this is why I said that. I've said this before this even we even had this conversation that if the Cowboys don't do it this year, it won't happen for a while. Because then you you've wasted careers. These are guys who are on the back end of their careers on some of them on the last leg. They can't go another two seasons like this. You know, and Tyron Smith can't go another two seasons like this. Zach Martin, for all that he's done. Can't go another two seasons like this. When you got to think that they, T.Y. Hilton, you you got to think that in the back of Jerry's mind, he's thinking, let's bring him in, let's go win some playoff games, and then we'll we, he'll come back. Yeah. If I'm T.Y. Hilton, I'm looking at thanks, but no thanks. I'm going to go shop my name again. Yeah. You know, and see what's out there. Well, you have to address at this point. Stop lollygagging around with it. You have to address the quarterback position. Get you a solid. He, listen, if you. I, matter of fact, that should be Dallas's first pick or second round pick as a quarterback, because you have to get yourself a solid backup quarterback, and that's something Dallas hasn't done. Because Cooper in Rush years. isn't that guy. No, and that's something Dallas hasn't done in in years. Is draft a solid backup quarterback, and People so forget you you drafted Dak as a backup quarterback, right? To Tony Romo, right? And so you have to do this because. Your, your confidence can't be in Dak. It can't. Because if, it, it just can't. You can't. You cannot show me. And like I said, I don't care about stats. At this point, I don't care about stats. I don't care about how many game-winning drives he's had. I ain't talking about that. I'm talking about, let's talk about playoff win, games that matter. Let's talk about that. Yeah. Dak is not the guy. And I don't care about stats and all this stuff. You've heard it before. But go get me somebody who's under pressure that you can have confidence in, who knows that if I'm down and there's within two minutes or one minute in the fourth quarter and we need to score, bar none, we need to score. Not a field goal, we need to score. Or if I can get us down there and field goal, we need a field goal to win, whatever. I know that I can do that. Mm -hmm. With Dak under, under pressure, with Dak, he can't do that. He's he's not your guy, it, and it's time to be realistic. And I, I don't know what kind of love affair they have with Dak. Maybe it's just a money thing. You can't afford to get rid of. I him. think right now it's a money thing, but I think that the love affair is the 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 fact that you know that prior to that horrific injury that happened, you know, and, and you feel bad for him. But prior to that, you know, there was this grudge match of will they, won't they, as far as a franchise tag and all of that. And they didn't, he gets hurt, and it, it was almost as if Jerry just felt bad. So, yeah. well, okay, now I'm going to give you the contract. But what did he do? Like, so suddenly you're going to, now that he's broken his ankle and may not ever play the same way again, now he's worth $160 million suddenly? I don't think so. Yeah. Like, that, that was just a bad business move. And it makes you wonder, and I've heard this point made before, and I, I, I agree with it. These guys that own, own these teams, some of them, they're billionaires. They're billionaires for a reason. But they make some of the dumbest business decisions when it comes to these coaches and these players. They really do. Like, it makes you wonder, how did that guy ever make 
over a billion dollars. Like, how did Jerry Jones or or even, you know, some of these other guys, uh, the McNairs, you know, you, you start looking around like, how did those people... Because football was never their top business. They just got into it. Yeah, exactly. And then they make terrible, decisions, terrible... Businesses. Like, they make business decisions with their football team that if one of their employees, one of their CFOs made that same decision with their other business, they'd, they'd be fire fired. that guy. They'd be gone. The second of it. And that's the thing about it. Football may be their worst business attributes, as as I mean. Ever. Yeah. So that's the thing about Jerry Jones. You have all this other stuff. You did a great job with building the star. And, man, and you know, that that's fine. You you built a, a small city within a city. But you're killing the Cowboys brand. Yes. That's and, what, and you're killing the team. Yep. The thing that made you America's team. Is going down the toilet. Yeah, it's just a mess. I don't see any way out. I hate to say it, but I think that the Cowboys uh, certainly for- that they're headed for the toilet. In my opinion, that the dumps, but it's certainly going to be entertaining for us on the business side because it gives us plenty to talk about. You know, through the off season and things like that. Now, speaking of the just the overall coaching landscape, uh, I, I'm going to start with the big fish, and that's Sean Payton. Sean Payton is not getting second interviews. And that's interesting to me. He's 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 made the rounds. He's interviewed with everybody, but he hasn't been brought in for one singular second interview. Now it was all seemingly on. Uh, let's see, Monday. It was a done deal. He's going to Denver for twenty five million dollars a year. Done deal. The Walmart family, Condoleezza Rice, they've signed off on it. We're gonna pay this man. He, he's going to be the next coach of the Denver Broncos. Now, here's the interesting part. He's still under contract, not only with the New Orleans Saints, but also Fox. Colin Cowherd has his show on Fox. Colin Cowherd had uh, Sean Payton on the show, asked him about the processes and all that. He, you know, t- talks about who he's talked to, who he was about to talk to, and that team was the, the uh, Arizona Cardinals. So he's talking about that. He's talking about, okay, it would take, you know, th- this is kind of the compensation. This is how the, the conversation would go in the process. Immediately following his appearance, uh, I mean, towards the end of the show, Coward kind of puts it out there basically that Sean Payton told him, listen, it kind of a done deal. We're just kind of working out the specifics, but I'm going to Denver. I'm going to be the next head football coach of the Denver Broncos. And then Tuesday comes. And on Tuesday, the narrative is completely different. On Tuesday, on that same show, the narrative becomes Sean Payton has some reservations about the Denver job and Russell Wilson. And then there's suddenly, after that, it is said by Colin Cowherd, there are other insiders inside those both circles that start releasing that, hey, he's not the leading candidate, that Raheem Morris out of San Francisco, who's the, the defensive coordinator, is now considered the leading name to take the Denver job. You D'Amico... Uh... Uh, D'Amico Ryans, I'm yeah. sorry. D'Amico Ryans is the... I don't know why I said Raheem Morris. He, he interviewed for another job. Uh, but D'Amico Ryan is the guy. Mm-hmm. that he He's going to get the job. So that's interesting to me. Because it was just like a foregone conclusion... That Sean Payton's going to be a head coach again in the NFL. Uh, uh, and now there are people who feel that maybe his next job is going to be right back at Fox, that he's not getting any of these jobs. I wonder, I wonder. Because it's kind of starting to sound like a Odell, the Odell Beckham situation. 
where he's he's this hot he's on you know hot topic of the he's conversation. Heat, as they yeah, say. yeah. And now it's like okay, that ain't gonna happen. It's not gonna happen. And I wonder if it's because it's too much money, too much stuff tied up with him. Yeah. Well, you got you got to think you're gonna have to trade two first round picks. Plus, he's asking for reportedly between twenty and twenty five million dollars a year. That's too much, man. Which is apparently going to make and, and the reason I say apparently is because Bill Belichick does a very good job of not releasing his salary. So we're not exactly sure how much money Bill Belichick makes. But unless Bill Belichick makes twenty to twenty five million dollars a year, it would appear that Sean Payton would become the the highest paid head coach I, in the NFL. I'm sorry, Saints, but that's way too much to ask for for a well, head no, coach. Well, no, he's asking for the 20 to 25 million. I know, but no, they're I'm talking about for the draft. That's what I'm saying. That's way too much to ask for for a head coach. And 25 million a year is way too much to ask for for a guy that's been out of coaching for two years. Only one. Well, either way, we don't no, even know if the guys. He, he, he won at the end of his career, didn't have good seasons. Uh, so we don't even know if the guy can still really legitimately. Coach. Well, but he's got to take a job. Like I, you get the feeling that if he doesn't get a job this time, he's not going to get as much play. Next okay, time. but that's that's. But then I also go back to what we were told when we had Ellen Henderson on that there have been backdoor conversations, under the table conversations, or rumblings of those conversations between Jerry Jones and Sean Payton. Well, that, and I also go back to the fact that Jerry Jones has not yet appeared on his daily. Well, that's radio fine. Show. That's fine. I man. Whatever the heck Jerry Jones does, just do it. Don't, I'd rather him not talk and just do it. And like I said, it's more dangerous when Jerry is quiet than when he's talking. But the the thing is, if I'm Sean Payton and you don't know where you're going to go, stop. Stop, stop making all this unnecessary where I'm going to make all my rounds and then you don't do nothing. That's the issue because Odell Beckham did the same thing. That's the thing. If you're not sure and that you're going to be a for sure candidate, stop. Well, he went in all of these jobs being basically told he was going to be the top candidate. But, but then there's it came something out, about what, him. Well, no, it's not about him. Because when that happened, it, it goes back to New Orleans because they were the ones that upped the ante. They were the ones that it went from a first and second round pick to now so when is, first when is, when is he when is he that contract up for him? I think another two years. If I remember correctly, it's it's like another two years. Well, yeah. But see, that was the that was where everybody got duped because it was you know we talked about this leading up to the season that hey, they're standing pat. The Cowboys are standing pat, and you get the sense that they're just waiting to go get Sean Payton at a lesser price because the assumption was if you let a whole season pass, you could get him for a little bit less than you would if you got him today. So I wonder. And that didn't happen. So I think it's because he started getting all this buzz. Yes. That they said, "Oh, we're gonna up it." Yeah, he made the rounds. He got. He should have kept his mouth job. shut. That's what. I, that's what I'm saying. He should have kept his mouth shut, because now you you possibly put yourself in a position where you may not even get a job, because and that's why like you. That's why I tell you, never talk too much about what you're doing. Because he talked way too much, and he said way too much. Now, now, here's the one that's interesting to me, is that he could take the Carolina job today if he wanted it. Because they would hire him today. David Tepper, the owner, came out uh, Tuesday and said, Listen, I don't care if I interview the man again. He, Whatever he wants, name his price, I'd give it to him. He came out and said that. But for whatever reason, he hasn't responded to that. 
Frank Wright got another interview for that job. Seems like maybe they're going to go with Frank Wright. Kellen Moore did too yesterday. Kel- Kellen Moore got another interview for that job. Kellen Moore is also going to be interviewing for the Colts job. Dan Quinn's interviewing for the Colts job. And Dan Quinn also got, had a, his second interview today for the Arizona job that Sean Payton just interviewed for. So it seems like Dan Quinn's gone. Kellen Moore may very well get a head coaching job, which is ludicrous to me that he would ever get a head coaching job at any level, at any place, much less in the NFL. But you're telling me that Kellen Moore and Dan Quinn get head coaching jobs and Sean Payton stays at Fox. That I never would no, have bet that I, Well, in a I can years. see Dan Quinn, but not Kellen Moore. So that's all like you telling me Kellen Moore is more qualified than Dan Quinn. I mean, uh, Sean Payton. Yeah, no, there's no way. But I think that Kellen they Moore think, ain't won but nothing. But looking at Kellen Moore going, okay, we can get him on the cheap. Like, we're not going to have to pay him $25 million a year. We have to trade for him, any of that. Keep your mouth shut, man. That's what he, Sean Payton, he should have just, because he started, when he came out and said, well, I'm going to make all my rounds. Okay, that's fine. Well, we're going to up, up the ante. Yeah. That's exactly what they did. And so, like I said, and two first the round. Denver job is concerned. You know, there was still some buzz that Jerry Roseburg, who was the interim coach to end the season, was going to get. He was told he's not on staff anymore. That's that's a no go. I think with, with Sean Payton, I don't think it's more money. I think teams are willing to pay that. I think it's the two first round draft. It, picks. It's the draft picks, but I think the other side of it is really that there's some question about, especially in that Denver situation where it was seemingly a done deal, and then. It, he for whatever there was some conversation he had in private with Russell Wilson because it you know it was reported that he did meet with Russ at some point in this process and despite what he had said publicly about I would love to coach Russell Wilson there was some conversation had that has given him pause and if it gives Sean Payton pause it would give anybody pause concerning the quarterback situation. Yeah. I, I, he should have just because if I'm a team, I'm not willing to give up two first round picks for a head coach. I'm just not. I, I'd pay you, you know, I'd be willing to pay you whatever you want to pay. But for what the Saints are wanting, I'm not willing to give up two first round picks. I'm sorry, I'm just not. You know, but I, I think that's what screwed him ultimately. It wasn't the pay. I think what screwed him ultimately was those two picks that they're wanting. But I think that this this leads to a larger conversation. That if a coach really wants out, there's got to be a way for him to get out. Out of that contract fully. Yeah. I I believe so. I don't agree with teams holding players. Because right now they're they're holding holding him him hostage. hostage. Yeah, I don't don't agree with that. You know, we talked about uh, over in Washington, you know, going back to the NBA here briefly. Uh, Kuzma warning out of Washington, but they're saying they're not going to let him go. Yeah, you're we're holding, not trading him. Yeah, you're holding him these simply because of the contract. But there has to be a way that they can get out of these contracts because if they they're not they're not first of all he's not even on staff there anymore. He's just under contract. Yeah, it's nothing to do with it. Yeah, so why is it a big issue? Just let that man go. <laughs> yeah, just I mean at this point it's not helping you. It's not benefiting you. But you're trying to make a situation to where it does. I just, I mean, Saints. I, Saints ain't gonna be no better. I don't think. I don't know what the heck they're going for. Uh, 
they're they're. I mean, you weren't a playoff team this year. No. Now, you had a chance there late in the season, but you kind of were going to back into the playoffs if you made it anyway. Right. That's not a playoff team. No. And, and you you spun your wheels with with Taysom Hill for way too long mm-hmm. for whatever reason, and Jameis Winston can't stay healthy. Yeah. And, and you did this to yourself. Now don't go and try to take away from other teams because you just at this point. Yeah, I agree with you. There should be ways. There be somehow that they once they've retired or whatever that contract, pay them however much you want to pay them, but let them go. You know, let them go. I mean, yeah, you, you you can't halt the process. Yeah, that, you could because that, then you put the not only that you're not only putting his career on, putting their career on on hold. You're putting everybody else's career and time on hold. You know, that's not right. Go on, man. Get your first round pick. Don't try to take mine. <laughs> yeah, just do what you gotta do. Yeah. But then on the flip side of this this coaching here, so a lot of the the movement is also uh, involving quarterbacks because you know who who's gonna be your quarterback at some of these places. So I you know just look at the teams looking for a quarterback. You got Carolina, probably gonna move on from Sam Darnold. Okay. The Houston Texans, everybody assumes that they're going to draft. Now, whether he goes there or not, but there's an assumption that they're going to draft Bryce Young. Seattle still hasn't made a final decision on whether or not they're going to stick with Geno Smith. You got the L.A. Rams, San Francisco. And, and the reason that I put it, what do they do? Do they stick? You know, we, we talked about this a little bit. You know, do you stick with Brock Purdy and, you know, maybe move Trey Lance? Or what, what, what do you do there? Jimmy G's gone. You got Vegas. Tampa Bay, the Bucks, Green Bay, the Packers, uh, possibly looking for a quarterback. Although Jordan Love says, "Hey, I, I want to be a starter. I think I'm a starter." You know, do you do you keep him there? Washington's going to need a quarterback. Indianapolis is going to need a quarterback. Tennessee, possibly looking at some options there at the quarterback position. Atlanta's going to need a quarterback. Baltimore may need a quarterback, and the Jets need a quarterback. I mean, that, that's almost half the football league. Half of professional football can't get it right at the quarterbacking position. It's incredible. And some of those teams that you named when drafted, not I'm not talking just last year when drafted quarterback. Yeah, wasted and are wasting time. I mean, Carolina, who's going to be the starting quarterback in Carolina? I mean, you start looking at that. I mean, I know a while back we did some hypotheticals. If I was this team, I would draft this guy. But just looking at that situation, who's going to go be the quarterback of the Carolina Panthers? I think a lot of it does depend on, you know, do you get a Frank Reich there who is kind of known as a quarterback whisperer? If that happens, maybe he does draft somebody or maybe he's able to coax, you know, somebody into wanting to come there. But, I mean, you look at that, that's not the most desirable situation, you know, if I'm a quarterback. It's not like you've got a ton of weapons, you have a fairly tough division, you know, it, it's not a premier place. You know, they thought that they kind of had it figured out with Baker Mayfield. That didn't work out. They thought uh, that, that maybe Sam Darnold was the answer. It seems like, that you know, that didn't work out for them. So, I mean, you you got to get it right at some point, you would assume. Mm-hmm. But that's not, that's not a desirable, like you, you look at the established quarterbacks that are out there. If I'm Jimmy G, I'm not going to Carolina. Aaron Rodgers, you're assuming, wouldn't want that because uh, he's already said, you know, I want to go to a contender, a play, a, a, like not just a playoff spot. I, I want to go to a team that can contend for a Super Bowl. You're not doing that in Carolina. Tom Brady's not going to waste whatever time he's got left, whether that be, you know, 
the assumption is it would be a one-year deal wherever he goes, but he's not going to waste that time in Carolina. You're not getting him. You know, like I said, you've already moved on from Baker Mayfield. That's not happening. What if... I forgot about this. Aaron Rodgers was up for the position in San Francisco. He's been mentioned. I think he goes there. Although the Packers have indicated that they wouldn't want to trade within the division. Mm. Or within the conference. That ain't there. Oh, okay. That's well, the NFC. Not just the division. They don't want to trade. But I don't think that that's going to hold up. Because you're telling me that if Aaron Rodgers says, listen, I'm not playing for you. But I'm not going to retire. Mm-hmm. You're telling me that you're... And then, because here's what he could do. If he just wanted to, I'm not I'm not blaming for you and I'm not going to retire. And they said, well, we're not going to trade you. Well, I'm not going to let you renegotiate my contract. Now, you've got to pay him $60 million not to play football. Just sit on the bench. Just to sit there. Probably not even show up to the games. No. Not be a part of anything. But you're going to pay him $60 million. They're not going to do that. Mm-hmm. They're going to... That, that, that is where he... Because the Packers don't have any leverage with him right now. He holds all the marbles... Given the the situation, that's what's interesting to me is that he could very well dictate. He also has a no trade clause. He could say, I'm not going here and I'm not going there. He could very well dictate San Francisco. That's why I think that they can say all they want about we don't want to trade him within the conference. This is is where it backfires on them then because, like I said, they shot him in both legs and took all his weapons away. They just hurt themselves then if that's the case because if if he holds all the marbles and it's, you know, this lies in his hands, then ultimately they have to, at some point, say, okay, we gotta. If you're not gonna play for us, you're not gonna show up, and we're still paying you sixty million. You gotta go. We we'll, we yeah. just let you go. You can go wherever you want to go. Uh, but then you've dumped all that money, and you don't even know for sure that Jordan Love can start in the NFL. Yeah, like on a consistent basis. You don't even know that. You wasted all this time. You wasted the draft pick. You've done all that, and you don't even know if he's going to be the answer at quarterback. And now you've got a situation where your your guy is still in limbo. And if I'm another team, the first question I ask Aaron Rodgers is, how long do you really want to play football? Like yeah. Before we bring you in, before we do all of this, how long do you actually think, or is this going to be an ongoing Willie Wanting well, at the end of every season? That, that's, the, that's the thing with, with uh with the with Green Bay is you know they're talking about um only trade him to the AFC but he's saying he wants to be with contenders the majority of your contenders are in the NFC that are looking for a quarterback yes the, and <laughs> the the Bengals aren't looking for a quarterback the Chargers aren't looking for a quarterback the Bills aren't looking for a quarterback the and, Chiefs and the looking. Chiefs aren't looking for a quarterback yeah so the majority of your contenders now Las Vegas is. But I think that Jimmy, that job goes to either Garoppolo or Tom Brady. Josh yeah. McNeils is going to bring in the guy that he's familiar with because he's got to save his head coaching career with this move. Yeah. Whoever it is, he's got to save his career. Well, yeah. And so I don't, I, I'm with you. It's not going to hold up because they're going to look around, well, there's only four teams over there and they don't need quarterbacks. Yeah, But you've got about 12 it. of them in the NFC that needs that could that that the quarterback position could make them a contender. Yes. You know, does he go? That's even including Dallas? Dallas. Yeah, that's why I about to say that's even including the Dallas because Cowboys. Because we know that that was one of the teams previous to all of this that he had said I would go right. to the Dallas Cowboys. I'd be willing to waive my no trade clause. Then you look at the Texans. Of course, we assume that they're going to go with Bryce Young. That that's how they're going to fix that situation. Jimmy G's also an interesting candidate to me. 
for the Seattle position. I think that, you know, he could fit that offense. He fits that philosophy of we don't need you to win a game. Just don't go lose a game. And then you've also got to throw Derek Carr into this mix. Somebody's getting him. Yeah. I say he goes to Houston. I, I, I'm, just, I'm just saying because, yeah, it's possible that they could get Bryce Young. But if you want to put Bryce Young behind a quarterback as a development, I think Derek, uh, Derek, yeah, Derek Carr would be a, a good quarterback to have him behind. Because Derek Carr is not a bad uh, quarterback. I think he's not a great quarterback. No, he's he, not. He's a middle of the road. Yeah, quarterback. he's a good quarterback. But he can get the job done. Um, I think he goes to Houston. If not, at best, Seattle or Indianapolis. I could see Derek Carr in Indianapolis, depending on who the head coach was. Mm, yeah. But more so those two for me. Um, but, yeah, Aaron Rodgers to Dallas could be a possibility. But, it, yeah, it's not. I'm not. And then somebody's got to be the quarterback of the Rams. Because oh, you, I forgot you, about them. if I'm Sean McVay, I'm not putting my eggs in the, in the Matt Stafford basket. That's no. not going to happen. You got to look at Baker Mayfield. He did well. I mean, I, I get, you know, it was already a, a, a dumpster fire season. You were just, you know, looking to finish out the year with your last three or four games. But did you. Here's the part about that. He to put me them too. back on the map. <laughs> he, he was brought in. There, there were conversations prior to, to the moves being. There was tampering there. Mm-hmm. Sorry, there was. There, there was conversations. Why would you have conversations with a guy? Like a Baker Mayfield for just three or four games, you get the sense that they had conversations not just about three or four games, yeah, but about hey, if you come in and do well, what maybe this could look like next season. Well, they said that they they signed him as like a. Uh, they knew that their season was you know yeah it was done. over they you know they signed him it was more like a hot pick type type of sign you know he was a hot name out there, kind of to. Give them a little bit of relevancy, and that 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 he did. I mean, he came Worked in out. and put them back on the map. Even though there was no possibility of them making the playoffs, but he put them back in the conversation for, for and did well. Yeah, so that's why I'm all for Baker Mayfield. Now, could you could you go get another quarterback to kind of test the waters? Maybe, but I'm that's why I'm all for Baker Mayfield is because. He seems to fit the that offense, the upbeat excitement, um, the spark of it. The defense, you don't have a bad defense. Um, but it was your offense that you're, was struggling. You're a year, just a year away from a Super Bowl. Yeah. Like, it's not like we're talking about a low-end, low-budget football team. We're talking about the defending, defending Super, Super Bowl, Bowl champions. Yeah. With the same players, by the way. Right. Um, and the only one they lost was what? Von Miller was the only one. Uh, well, in the the offensive lineman, uh, Chris. Yeah, but he he retired. Yeah, Wentworth. Yeah. Uh, but other than that, man, y'all have a y'all have a solid team. I think Baker Mayfield. You give him some time and, and see where it goes. But I, I don't see. I don't know who else goes there. Yeah, but you know, and then with with the Vegas situation, like I said, it, you know, you get the 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 sense that that's going to come down to Josh Daniels has got to prove that he can be a head football coach. Yeah. He's not just an offensive coordinator. I think the only way he can possibly pull that off is to bring in either 
Tom Brady or Jimmy G. It's one yeah. of those two that he's already familiar with. Because, I mean, he showed Derek Carr the door. That, yeah. I, I didn't agree with that, how that happened. Uh, so, like, you just put it all on him while they weren't winning. No. You didn't have a good defense. <laughs> your defense was bad. You had a good running game. <clears throat> but your offensive line was bad. And you wanted him to throw the ball down there to uh, Devontae Adams with no kind of protection. So when you do that, that's why I say you have to watch out for these teams. I, I think it'll be a better fit for Jimmy G than uh, Tom Brady because Tom Brady, given his age under pressure, is not good. We've seen that against Dallas, uh, who had a very good defense. You have to have – Tom Brady has to go somewhere if he is indeed going to go anywhere else uh, if he doesn't retire. He has to go to a team that has, that, that has a good offensive line already or – that's willing to build an offensive line around him. Because you look at his years in, with the Patriots. And he's got to have a run game. Yeah, he has to have a run game. Run game. Which the the uh, the the Raiders do have. But they don't have an offensive line. So you have to be willing to build an offensive line. You, you look at the Patriots. The Patriots kept an offensive line around Tom Brady, which made him as great as he is. Mm-hmm. He was able to stand back there and just throw. He didn't have to worry about getting sacked that many times, you know. And so, he has to go to a team like that. And the likelihood of that happening is slim. Unless the Raiders are willing to build an offensive line. I I say you have Tom Brady for a year. So, that means you will have to draft offensive heavy uh, this year in offensive linemen. Mm -hmm. You know. Or change up your scheme. But you have to protect Tom Brady. If not... It's gonna be just like it was with the with the Bucks, and it's not gonna be pretty. Same goes for if he goes to Miami, and it's it's the same way. Cause Tom Brady ain't mobile; he ain't running, he ain't going nowhere. Yeah. So that's why I question Tom's Brady on whether or not he's coming back or not, because he has the teams that are looking at him have little protection. They don't, you know, he has to be protected at this. He's 45 years old. He's closer to 50 than 40. And he he can't take too many hits like that. Well, and then now, you, you know, Lamar, you still have the Lamar Jackson situation, too, that makes all of this interesting as well as far as how many seats are at the table and who's getting one. I mean, because, you know, now there's a report that he, you know, the Falcons have made a phone call that he said he would be interested in going uh, to Atlanta. Here's an interesting thing, sort of like for an entertainment segment of the show. Uh, my brother brought up something really interesting to look at here. He said that Atlanta has been bad ever since they changed their uniforms. <laughs> Think about it. The Super Bowl, when, last time with the Super Bowl, they had the same... Super Bowl, you know, like when when Vic was there, maybe a little few tweaks, but the uniforms was relatively the same. Ever since after that year, they changed to these kind of basic looking uniforms. Yeah. He said, ever since they did that, they've been bad. So I'm like, okay, so I'm at this point, I said, if that's the case, you know, kind of to get your swagger back, do you change, you know, have a throwback, go back to see what happens? Because that, the the, (laughs) old uniforms. Yeah. New new swagger, or yeah, something, you know, because that that uh, Lamar Jackson conversation likens to the Vic conversation because they like him as 
sort of like a Michael Vick. Vick has, Michael Vick has even said it. Yeah. And so could the Falcons be kind of reaching for the past with that kind of with that sign? I, I think so, and I think Marcus Mariota is not your guy. No. But what about you, you had Calvin Ritter? Kyle Ritter's not your yeah, but he he's not a franchise quarterback in my opinion. Okay. Uh, you moved on, you know, from from uh, Matt Ryan, right? Who's been there for years. He was he was your little guy that you you know ruined his the back end of his career. So I think at this point, if you're Atlanta, you got to sell tickets. Yeah, you're right. Like, like you you got to put people in the stands. Does Lamar Jackson make the the Atlanta Falcons a playoff team? Maybe. Like they're not Super Bowl contenders, but maybe that makes them a playoff team. You know, and and, and you got to look, you know, at the the overall just trend of the league right now. Why not? This is the thing with with teams that will, will and this is what kind of questions me about the Baltimore Ravens and anybody else that could be after uh, after Lamar Jackson is if you want to run him, why not run an option offense? That's the only way that this works out because he ain't throwing the ball. Not consistently. No. That's the only way that it works out. You run an option option offense. You have a good running back. The the uh the Falcons, I don't know what kind of running back they have. They use uh what's called out the backfield. Uh Interrupter. Come on. All these Goodness. uh people Man, leave these kids alone. Yeah, and that's the Man, thing God about leave. trying to stream over a phone or something. Yeah. Leave these kids alone. But anyways, they're they're using uh Patterson, I wanna say is his his last name, but uh they're using him out of the backfield on runs and so why not you why not run an option offense? That's the only way it works right now for for uh Lamar Jack Lamar Jackson. I keep wanting to say Deshaun Watson, but um, that's the only way that works out. Speaking of Deshaun Watson, that uh, that got quiet again. What's going on with that man? Because it's I, like it's it, up it, here to be, this... because you know we're talking about all these quarterbacks, and last year this time everybody was talking about Deshaun Watson. I, I think that that shoe will drop at some point, and I think it's a matter of of when, not if. You know, but I, I also think that there's a sense in the NFL of let's just pretend that that's over. You know, that that, that we're going to move on. We, and we've done that with situations. Nobody talks about, you know, yeah, but, Zeke okay. Elliott. Nobody talks about, you know, uh, different things this over is, the years. This is still an active case. The only way you can move on and not even make that like it, make it like it never happened is if it wasn't an active case. And, and Or you... Suspend him indefinitely, which is what I pushed for from the beginning. It's the only way you make the only way the, you make okay, it like. Here, so here's here's something that nobody and I'm because we you know we throw out hypotheticals on this show. What if he gets you know what 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 if he he's not gonna get criminally charged, but what if he goes to a deposition which he's being forced to do, and in the course of that deposition it comes out that hey he he forced himself on these women he did all of these things because. Goodness knows, somebody's going to get a hold of those as public information. It's going to be leaked. No doubt about it. Too high profile of a situation for it not to happen. It's going to happen. And what if Roger Goodell looks at that and goes, that's bad for football. But this is the only thing that he's quiet on. But then, but then then what does Cleveland do? 
You don't. I mean, now they're you, in a boat for another quarterback. Exactly because Jacoby Brissett proved that he's, he's right. not that guy. Right. But here's here's another thing is, and I feel bad for him because he did so well with the Cowboys and they shouldn't have let him go. We know now. But Amari Cooper, you you brought Amari Cooper in, who are is arguably one of the best route runners receivers in the NFL. Under you, the guise of you're going to get to work with a great quarterback. Yes, and he doesn't have a quarterback. Like, what are you going to do with him over there? Because Deshaun Watson, he, now granted, he hadn't played football in almost two years, and it was the last half of a tank season, so it was kind of hard to judge. But he didn't look like the Lamar, Je- I mean, the Deshaun Watson that we had seen previously. Yeah. So, you know, I Willie, you know, you get a whole off season now on your feet, and and all those things. Willie looked different, possibly. But I'm just throwing out the what if. What if Roger Goodell backtracks on all of this and says, you know what, forget it. You're going on the commissioner's exempt list. Yeah. Then what? <laughs> then I think the Browns need to prepare to be on the list for another quarterback. Just and we're to... also just assuming that Kyler Murray is going to come back from his injury hunky-dory, by the way. Yeah. I think Kyler, I think Kyler will be fine. I think Kyler just needs some training. Yeah, Kyler just needs to watch film. Yeah, that that's what I mean. He like, needs quit playing Call of Duty. Get off of Madden or whatever you're on. Watch go me. to the film room. That's all. If you can't go by yourself, get a buddy. Yeah. Start a buddy system. Hey man, you want to go study <laughs> film with me? Yeah. <laughs> you only accountable. You yeah. Want... I mean, can, can you call Coach Tim? I am watching film today. Right. I go back to that clause and how that just you know. Disappeared. I believe that clause is still sitting somewhere on the desk. I believe it's still there. I, I think it, well, I think it's still in the back pocket. Yeah. That that we rescinded that because, you know, you leaked it, you made it public. And got major backfire and for got, it. You know, you you got what you want because they knew that the the organization was gonna catch backfire for it. Mm-hmm. Got their way. But I I, I, I do feel that, that it's still there. Like it's still lingering over Kyler Murray and his representation that we did it. Like, we know that you don't watch film. We did that. Yeah. But we rescinded it, but we know that you don't watch film. And, I mean, you're talking about a guy who has underwhelmed and had won a playoff game. Yep. In the NFL. Now, does a lot of that fall in Cliff Kingsbury? Yes, it does. You know, because. And I think that that's why we're we're willing to give Kyler Murray a longer leash because, well, he hadn't had the greatest head coach. You know, he, it's not like he's, you know, had that guy. But at the same time, you, you look at some of the things he's done and, and it's clear that he may not be a top in an NFL court. And he may come back and he may get under a, you know, a new head coach, a new offensive coach. You know, mindset and and set the world on fire because I think he's athletic enough to do it. Right. But if he doesn't, I don't think we should all you know have our jaws on the floor and be right. shocked. Well, it's like I said before. The only thing is, I think that's holding Kyler Murray back from being that type of quarterback is his study of film. I think if he's when he gets to do, doing that, we'll see him be a, uh, a, at least ten times better, uh, and then we'll see a full. Kyler Mary, a full quarterback out of Kyler Mary. Yeah. But if not, and I'm with you, yeah, we ain't, our, our jaws aren't on the floor because of it, because 
the 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 age of the quarter of quarterbacks running around and making things happen is slowly coming to an end. Uh, they've they've run their they've, they've run their course now. Some of them can still do like Dak Prescott. I, Dak has to do it. It's not because Dak can or should. Well, well, Dak, it's just well, but Dak, Dak has can. To do Dak can, but Dak doesn't possess the other qualities needed to be a great quarterback. Yeah. That's something, that's something that he has to do. Josh Allen, you know, does it because he can. Yeah. But I just think, man, you know, that age is coming to an end, and we're starting to see that in this year's draft uh, with the quarterbacks that are coming out. Now, they yeah. can do it. But they uh, don't have to. Yeah, they don't have to because they can stand. These quarterbacks can, besides one, uh, but – other than that, they can stand there and pick you apart from yeah. behind the line in the pocket. It doesn't matter. Uh, but I like this year's uh, class of uh, quarterbacks coming out. It's, it's, it's interesting. Uh, so it's going to be interesting you know, to see what's going to happen in the draft and see if these teams are indeed are going to uh, pick up anybody, any of these quarterbacks that we had on the list uh, last week. Um I don't, I don't, I, I'm interested in seeing with C.J. Stroud and, because uh, he's now, uh, along with uh, Bryce Young, probably one of the most accurate quarterbacks in the in the draft. And I wouldn't yeah, be. Yeah, C.J. Stroud probably is the second quarterback take. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you get that sense. Yeah. But it, it, it will be interesting to see where where they land. If Bryce lands in Houston. I'm not saying I'm I'm jumping on the Houston uh, bandwagon. I'm not by any means doing that, but I will. I do have Houston picked as a surprise team next year. And and I'll, I'll I'm gonna throw this out there, and we can talk about it more on the show tomorrow because we're coming up to the end of this one. But speaking of that, we're all talking as if Houston's gonna take Bryce Young. Yeah. We haven't gotten an indication that Chicago. Is going to trade is down. Is for sure going to get rid of that number one pick. Yeah. And there's no for sure thing that says that they wouldn't draft a quarterback number one. Because who else are you going to take number one? If you hold the number one pick, are you really going to be the team that passed on Bryce Young as the number one overall pick? Possibility, possible if they're not going to trade uh, trade down and but I think trade the, up. I, but the PR of that. That you would draft anybody. I don't care who it is yeah. in the country. Here's the problem with Chicago. And it's just like when we watch tape o- film over them, uh, highlight clips, uh, with uh, Justin Fields. Justin Fields can be that guy for them. It's the fact that their offensive line is so atrocious and it's horrible that he has to run. Yeah, Chicago is where quarterbacks go to be murdered. Yeah. Mitchell uh, Trubisky could have been that quarterback for them, but offensive line was horrible. You can't. You can't bring in a top quarterback and not fix your offensive line. Yeah, and so it'll be pointless to to move Justin Fields aside and 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 draft uh, Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud if you're not going to fix your off- offensive line. Yeah, that that that's what's shocking me in this whole whole deal is that they haven't addressed not trading down, and they possibly. But they've been quiet now. I don't I know what else they're. Addressing. I think that there will be more talk, you know, after the season because things kind of heat up. Yeah. Uh, as far as the draft is concerned. But I, that's just something to keep an eye on. And, and I want to talk about that more, you know, as we move forward with this. And we'll have uh, playoff breakdowns and things going into tomorrow. But it's definitely been a busy, busy week in the sports world. Yeah. Uh, it's just Thursday, by the way. 
Right. We've talked more about other teams than we've talked about the team, two teams that are going to be playing a championship game this weekend. Well, that's why I want to, you know, I want to give them their due tomorrow. Okay. Time in the sun. All right. You're in the playoffs for a reason. Yeah. But it's been a good day. I don't have much to talk about. Hope, hope, hope that y'all had a great Thursday. Hope you enjoyed this afternoon version of the show. Yes, the golden and, uh, I mean, hey, we'll be back 9 to 11 tomorrow morning. Yes, sir. every day is the Super Bowl. Yes, sir. <laughs> every day. Hey, we got to bring our A game uh, every day. But y'all have a great rest of your day. We'll see you 9 to 11 tomorrow morning. Hop on that TikTok, hit the share button, all those things. Have a great rest of your Thursday. Peace.